everybody. Before we get started, I just wanted to give a heads up that this episode talks about pregnancy loss and stillbirth that might be triggering to some listeners. Sorry, I'm like crossing my legs super weird and I'm trying to get it untangled from all the shit that's underneath the table. You look like a caterpillar that's trying to break out of a cocoon. I feel like a caterpillar that's <laughs> trying to break out of a cocoon. What? Do you know what caterpillars... I'm going to fuck Derek Do you want to know what caterpillars actually do in the cocoon? They, do I? They completely liquefy and become <sighs> butterflies. It's not like the caterpillar just grows, grows fucking wings. wings. They completely liquefy in there and turn into a butterfly. Caterpillar well, soup. New band name. Oh, <laughs> Caterpillar soup. New band name. Thank you for the nightmare fuel. But also. yeah. So caterpillars become liquid. And then they just morph? No idea. You didn't look any more into it? No, that, that's for <laughs> God. Just, that's for God to do. <laughs> <laughs> you just stopped and you were like, you know what? That's enough. That's all the information I need. <laughs> I love that episode of Black No, I don't Bear. know, but from goo to um, butterfly. No, I don't know that information. Hmm. Well, not how we planned on starting out this podcast episode. No, it's how my insides feel. <laughs> Caterpillar goo. <laughs> Stop. Well, hey, I hope you guys missed us because we're really back. Yeah. Uh, we've been gone a week. We took We took a little vacation. It was really weird. It was. I feel good about it. I do too. And I was like, oh, Derek, you don't have to edit our bullshit. Mm-hmm. I almost texted <laughs> Sunday. you guys, to, or I te- almost texted Derek to ask if he was feeling a little relieved that he didn't have extra work to do. Yeah, great oh, good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. All right. Well, mush. It's back to the grind, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> that was your Crank one day out. <laughs> unpaid. <laughs> it's always unpaid. You should be lucky to be here. Yeah. So, um, first things first, I'm the realist. Yeah. Sorry, that was Iggy Azalea. Oh, I was like, yeah. Uh-huh. First things first, we're going to just let you guys know that this episode is going to be a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Uh, you probably heard a disclaimer at the beginning, so you probably already know, but we wanted to talk a little bit about what that means. Yeah. So, um, do you want me to tell them what we're doing? Yeah. Okay. So, today... Uh, Rachel is going to be sharing her stillbirth story. For those of you that don't know, Rachel experienced a stillbirth last May, in May of 2020, and um, I'm going to let her talk a little bit about why we decided to do this, why you decided to do this, why it feels important, and just, you know. Yeah, so... I just disclaimer, yeah, this this could be something that's a little bit triggering if you're pregnant or trying to get pregnant or all the above. It's it's just it, it's kind of a hard topic, but I think it's something that's really important to talk about. But I'm also gonna try not to get super rambly about it. I got you. Which is easy to do. That's why you have a friend. Yeah. And Brooke was here for like ninety five percent of this story. So <laughs> Yeah. Um, I'd say 98. Yeah. A solid. Mm-hmm. Well, shit. No, yeah, it's from like beginning to end. Yeah, for real. It's insane. Um, 
but so, so yeah, I, I we had a stillbirth at a little bit, a couple days under twenty eight weeks, um, with no known cause or um, any genetic abnormalities. Nothing. There was zero warning. Zero. It just came out of the blue. So that, that's just kind of some information to know going into it. So, can you speak on why you feel like? It's or why it's important for you to share this story and also why you feel like it's important for women yeah. in general. So the biggest thing that I think I had this pull to do this is um, like I after we had the after I gave birth and, you know, everything happened, I searched. So I'm a really I'm a big podcast person. Surprise. <laughs> um, but so I searched for I, I searched for so long for a podcast of just like a stillbirth birth story kind of, or just like this was my stillbirth experience or this was this, like it just, like I could not freaking find it. It was like statistics or mm-hmm. um, like just, it didn't hit the mark for me. Mm-hmm. It didn't do. You probably didn't even know what you were looking for no, either, and you know? that was but kind of part that of it wasn't. and it was like, I couldn't find anything that was easy to digest and like, and then they were also the ones that I had listened to were like, this is how you can prevent a stillbirth. And it's like, yeah, there's a lot of things that you can do, but none of that applied to my situation Mm -hmm. because there was no reason. Mm -hmm. Like I had no precipitating factor of it. But, um, so it was just that, that I just, I craved that so much and hearing other people's stories. Um, and I think it just really helped. It would have really helped me to know that there's other people out there going through that and having a, some type of a shared experience, even though like no lost story is the same. No two experiences are the same. It's going to be different any way that you slice it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that that is kind of everyone's grief process is different. Everyone experience everyone's let's see. Yeah, I put everyone has different precipitating factors, experiences, grief process. Mm -hmm. But for me, I just wanted to know that someone else went through this Mm -hmm. um, and came out the other side. And um, I just was seeking out information because that's kind of what I do during times of chaos is Mm -hmm. seek out information to try to like whatever little bit that I could take that would possibly help me. I wanted to hear Mm -hmm. and absorb and say, oh, I didn't think about it that way or like you know, that a different reframe. Or so. like, I really feel you like, oh my God, no, I've, I wasn't able to put that into words, yeah. but that person did. And, and hopefully this can be a resource for other women that are going through loss. Yeah. And that's, so the only other time I really got that feeling was, um, when we went to the share walk. Mm-hmm. And so the share is an organization for, um, pregnancy and, and infant loss And, um, so they had all the, so all the parents of, um, of children that they've lost. So all the parents of, you know, pregnancy or infant loss were in green and everyone else was in white. And it was like, I remember stepping into that space and being like, holy shit, like, and seeing all those green people and being like, first off, this is fucked up that this is happening Mm -hmm. to this many people, but overwhelming yeah but but the main thing was that I thought it was so cool that I could like pick out people I'm like you fucking get it like 
no, the same thing did not happen to both of us. Never will, mm-hmm. even if it's close, whatever. But I was like seeing this sea of people where I'm like, they fucking get hit and they're showing up here mm-hmm. to remember their kids. Mm-hmm. And then it was just like a very powerful moment where I was like, okay, no one has to even say anything to me. Mm-hmm. No one has to do anything, but they just fucking get it. They know. So that was a, that was a big one. And, um, I think the reason that I think it's so important that I have such a pull to, to say what I'm going to say today and talk about this is that it's a really difficult subject. Like it's a hard one and it's one that makes people really uncomfortable. And I felt that firsthand people don't really know what to do with me, especially in the beginning of all of this. Mm -hmm. I think that as it has progressed throughout almost the year, I mean, it's almost been a year, um, which is wild, by the way. Yeah, it's insane. Um, people have slowly gotten more comfortable just because I'm comfortable talking about it, I think. But for a while, people didn't know what the fuck to say to me. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. It's totally fine to not know what to say. But it's also, I just want it to be something that people learn about or know about and can educate themselves mm-hmm. and... This can, I guess it can kind of like the grief, the whole, it's, it's not just stillbirth and stuff like that. It's the whole grief process. Mm -hmm. It's really hard for people to get that because it's such a taboo thing that we talk about that we don't talk about in in our society. Right. I think too, like, it's not like you need to go and learn about all of the suffering that everyone in your life could ever possibly endure, but to have these resources, you know, it is sort of your responsibility as Mm -hmm. a a supportive friend or family member to like we talked about in like maintaining intimate relationships if it's good to have these resources out there so that way if someone does have a friend or a family member that goes through this okay I can go and I can listen to this podcast or I could read this blog Mm -hmm. so I can understand what these women what these families are going through yeah and I um the, the biggest thing too, one of the bigger takeaways is I was like, I, I just want people to know it's like, it's normal for us to want to talk about our babies like that. Mm. Even if they're alive or not, like every parent likes talking about their kid. Mm-hmm. Like I like talking about certain things with like my pregnancy with Ellen or the birth or the crazy shit we went through and mm. that kind of stuff. It's like, that's still important to me. And it still is a way that I keep her alive in our family. Mm-hmm. And, um, I think that that just just normalizing all of that helps women to continue on and to to heal Mm -hmm. through all of it, to be able to talk about that and not get weird faces or complete shutdown of Mm -hmm. conversation or a change of subject. And it's like, okay, well, I guess I will just talk about my living child. Like, Mm -hmm. it's not like I'm telling you fucking 10 minute long stories about what she looked like and like how fucking I'm not telling you the terrible shit unless Mm -hmm. you ask about it. Mm -hmm. Like I'm telling you like the cute shit or like just the, the stuff that people can, uh, relate to. Thank you. Sorry. Fucking dumb cocktail brain up here. Like, (laughs) are you having having a cocktail? No, sorry. I was like, whoa. I also, can I add something that you had mentioned earlier that I thought was really cool? So, and I'm going to, I think that I might like challenge you a little bit today because we're interested in the general story. And I think that people know you now and, and I think people mm-hmm. really are, will, will be excited to hear about you and your experience. So going back to why it's important for you personally, A, you want to talk about yeah. her 
Um, and B, you had mentioned earlier that through like trauma and healing, like bits of that time period start to slip away. Yeah. So I got a sense like this is really important because you want to be able to remember this. Yeah. This it's was a like really my important voice journal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And that's what it, that's exactly what it kind of feels like where I'm like, at least I will have all the memories from where I'm at today, like mm-hmm. where my brain is at today after, you know, goddamn almost a year, mm-hmm. which is insane. But yeah. what I wanted to put in there too is like, I know we talk about women, but I think that a huge part of this of pregnancy loss, stillbirth, infant loss is like the dads are kind of cast aside because it's not physically happening to them. Mm-hmm. But they're still having to do a lot of it, too. They're having to go through all of this, and they get the shit under the stick, having to be, like, the protector, the protectors or, you know, like, the, the strong ones. And, you know, they they have to, like, you know, push down their emotions. And, mm-hmm. like, they lost their kid, too. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's not like they carried them or, you know, had to give birth or anything like that. But it's, like... Men and mental health and grief are just something that's just squashed mm-hmm. right now. And so that is something that Derek and I have both talked about a lot. And it's been something that's a, a big conversation in our household because he went through something that I went through, but we went through it very differently. Yes. But he got like men just get squashed in this sometimes mm-hmm. it's easy for that to happen because they kind of go into that role of protector and mm-hmm. that's kind of what Derek did, but right. Right. Absolutely. So sort of our preface, one last thing that I would like to add before we really get started is, um, and I remember you saying that it was important for everyone to know that there might be moments that we laugh and, and we might, you know, come off. That's kind of our style. I think both Rachel and I, if you haven't already been able to tell we laugh through trauma and it and it can be like a really great coping skill but it's also a defense mechanism yeah um and thirdly there were moments in this process that weren't joyful which is going to sound really weird i just put joy and grief can coexist okay that's what i put down okay good so you're going to talk about that um so i just wanted to like add that disclaimer and and doesn't mean that it wasn't incredibly horrific but that's it's okay yeah. to laugh. So. And it was that was something I really I had wrote down that I really had to work hard to get through because I felt so guilty mm-hmm. for feeling joy and happiness at the same time that this fucking terrible stuff was going on or mm-hmm. even afterward when I was processing everything and you know just grieving like I would still laugh at Leo and do mm-hmm. all these things and I would still find joy and stuff. And I'm just like, no, this is supposed to fucking suck right now. And I'm supposed to be mm-hmm. shitty and like not be able to get out of bed. And it's like, no, if I can find those bits of joy, it doesn't mean that this is going away or I'm ignoring this piece. It's mm-hmm. just, I'm surviving right now. Right. So I had this, this is like super fucking therapist cliche cheesy, but I just had sort of this image of like joy and grief, like, walking side by side and holding hands oh, yeah. through the process. And I just, I want to repeat what you said that joy and grief can coexist. They really can. And I, th- I think that's really the only thing that got me through a lot of it mm-hmm. is I could still find the joy and find the, like the funny mm-hmm. because that's also a huge part of my life. Well, right. Like comedy is a huge part of my life. And 
laughing and doing funny things and saying mm-hmm. weird shit is that's a huge part of who I am. You deserve that. You deserve to still feel joy. Yeah. And also it's integral for survival. You've, you've got to feel joy, especially us with how important it is to us. You can't just go through your entire grief process and not laugh and not, yeah. you know, have joyful moments. You wouldn't survive. No, I would not. I would not have a hundred percent. So, uh, we're going to do this chronologically. Mm-hmm. So we're going to, and, and we just tend to veer off anyway. So just as an anchor, we're going to try as a baseline to move from beginning to end. But again, we might just kind of veer off, yeah. but that's typically what we're trying to do. So, um, but before, I mean, do you want me to start by, a, by like starting with the beginning or did you have something else you wanted to add to the precursor? I don't think so. I, I think the last thing that I wanted to say before we got all into this is like, so I'm almost a year into this and it's been like super rocky to get where I'm at right now, but I, and I feel very ready to talk about this. And that was something that I felt really shitty about in the beginning that I wasn't ready to talk about it or I wasn't ready to like reach out and help people with this. I felt like I was like wasting my experience because I like wasn't doing like the super, like stillbirth mom advocate, blah, blah, blah. Like I needed to like go out and make an experience out of this or like educate people or like, you know, raise money or whatever the fuck it was Mm -hmm. that in my head. And I was like, felt so much guilt and shame and pressure that I wasn't doing that. And I'm like, okay, I now finally feel like I can start doing like bits and pieces of that. Mm -hmm. But it's like, if you are a new like lost parent, do not feel that way. Mm -hmm. Do not feel that way. Like I, I, I have, I'm almost a year into this and I still have so, so much work to do, but I feel completely different now than I did a year ago, Mm -hmm. you know? And and that is just something I kind of want to preface because I felt that pressure to do things like this Mm -hmm. right when it happened, when it was fresh, when it was like happening to me and stuff like that, which doesn't make any fucking sense. But I just kind of wanted to preface that as like, Mm -hmm. fucking give yourself some goddamn time. I really appreciate you saying that because I really connect with that on something I'm experiencing personally. Yeah. So that, that hits really hard. I think people need to hear that. You don't have to, this sounds really gross, but you don't have to capitalize on your pain. No. And if you're super raw, let it heal a little Mm -hmm. bit. Mm -hmm. You got to figure out how you get to the other side before you can tell people how to fucking get to the other side. Yep. Yeah. Sometimes. I don't know. But it's just something that was really important to me because this is this is what I wanted to hear. Mm-hmm. This is what I wanted to hear. And so if this helps anyone heal, I just want to help mm-hmm. that. Yep. And so. you don't you don't ever have to integrate yourself into that community if that's not what's right for your journey. Yeah. If it feels good. I mean, you can go to a share walk. You can, you know, um, join a discussion board yeah and maybe that feels good for a day and then if it doesn't it doesn't mean anything about you and that's yeah I I really liked finding um moms and grief type of uh handles I guess on Instagram mm-hmm. what do you call them it's yeah handles, like right? handles or like uh influencers or yeah, something like it that it was like like a lot of quotes and a lot of mm-hmm. like those were really powerful to me being like, okay, fucking people get it. Mm-hmm. People go through this and they are figuring out how to mush it into words. Mm-hmm. And that's really helpful for me. Yeah. So. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's all I have. Okay, well, thank you guys for tuning in. Bye. (laughs) So I thought that we could start with your pregnancy because a lot of this is um, geared towards what people question or, like, what people, like, ask about. And I know that, you know, you had already shared a little bit about a lot of the stillbirth stuff that you find online is how you can prevent a stillbirth. But, like, that's so short-sighted because there's just – so much more to it. So can you yeah. tell us a little bit about what your pregnancy was like leading yeah. up? So we got pregnant pretty quickly. So we actually had a, a miscarriage um, a couple months before we got pregnant with, with Ellen. Um, and Ellen, Ellen was your daughter's name. Yeah. By the way. <laughs> yeah. So I, I don't know if I had said that yet, but yeah, Ellen is her name and, um, we'll talk about her name mm-hmm. a little bit later, but, um, so it was, it was super normal. Um, but I was coming off of, I had, I had a miscarriage at like six or seven weeks, um, super early. Um, but so everything was very normal with, my pregnancy with her, um, I was really sick is really the only thing. Um, I was sick until about 15 or 16 weeks and I was actually puking, which is different than my pregnancy with my son, mm-hmm. who is Leo and, uh, <laughs> who will be three, who will be three in like five seconds. Holy shit. Yeah. Um, so I wasn't sick with him at all and I puked like every day with Ellen, um, but other than that, after I got through that, it was fucking cakewalk because all my shit was already stretched out and fucked. <laughs> so it was like, my body was like, all right, we, we got this. We got this. Take the back seat. So it was all pretty damn easy. Like other than this, like once I got past the sickness and the tiredness, mm-hmm. my second trimester was golden because my body has done this before. And it was like, okay, mm-hmm. well, I, I got this. Like mm-hmm. I'll take the reins. But so... That's really um, the biggest thing. And I think what I, when I breathed a sigh of relief coming off of the miscarriage, I was like, I got to my second trimester. Every shit is so Mm. low. Like the percent chances are so low. And then we got to our 20 week ultrasound, which is the anatomy scan, which is like the big one where they check brain, heart, lungs, kidneys, stomach, hands, fingers, arms, head, like they measure everything. It's a long one and everything was fucking perfect. Mm -hmm. And I, and Leo was, actually had a a spot on his heart at the, that they found at this ultrasound at the 20 week ultrasound with him. And so I was like, Oh, she's even better than Leo. Like she's even Mm -hmm. healthier. Like she's even, there's nothing. They can't tell me a damn thing. Mm -hmm. What's wrong with this baby? I can, Breathe kick Leo's ass even easier now, you know, and it's mm-hmm. the whole thing where I was just like, we're good. All my blood work was great. Everything was great. And mm-hmm. actually like a, f- a few days before we lost or I did my gestational diabetes test and fucking passed it. So mm-hmm. it's like, mm-hmm. like I had been seeing my doctor regularly doing everything that I needed to do that I had done for Leo that it, it's just, Yeah. So you, um, I, you had kind of glazed over this, but I wanted to expand on it. You felt nervous or like, what feelings did you have in the beginning of your pregnancy with Ellen after you had your miscarriage? Was was that hard? That was, it, it was hard. I knew that it was like a smaller scale 
to me than obviously the stillbirth and everything that, that we went through. But I was like, I was very nervous. I was like constantly checking to see if I was bleeding or if, you know, anything came up or like cramps really scared me. I was just really excited to feel her move mm-hmm. because I just, that's my confirmation that you're alive. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. And that was the biggest worry for me. And I was like, but I had a really great doctor, same doctor that I still have where they were like, this is just something that happens and it's a genetic thing. And the baby just stops growing. Like it's a chemical pregnancy. You're talking about the miscarriage. miscarriage. Yeah. Yeah. And they're like, there's, this is, this means that the baby wouldn't have been viable, Mm -hmm. all that stuff. So it made me feel a lot better. Mm -hmm. Which if you don't know, miscarriages are extremely common. What's the statistic? Oh, like one in four? Yeah. I think. One in four women. That might not be right. Don't quote me. I, that sounds like, really close to what you said. I remember us having this conversation right when it happened. Yeah. And I know stillbirth is one in a hundred. I do know that one. So. Mm-hmm. Because fuck me. Am I That's right? That's what you could find on on Google. Yeah. You know, instead of, you know, supportive stories. But. And also, like, I want to go buy a lottery ticket. So. Right. I got short on the stick. But. Yeah, that's so that's that's really all that was different. Like that, that was the pregnancy. Mm-hmm. That was it. So it did, was great until it wasn't. Like mm-hmm. you know. So did you and Derek want to find out the sex? I did not want to find out, <laughs> but was easily swayed when Derek's like, "Let's find out," <laughs> and I was like, "Okay, let's find out tomorrow." <laughs> and we did. Like I couldn't even wait for the scan. I was oh my god. And so I did like the blood test that you send in from the internet. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot. Yeah, you fucking paid so much money It'd for be that. Like Seventy bucks for it, and Derek was like, "Calm the fuck down." I'm like, "No, I'm not going to." And so I did that. And then, oddly enough, they called us in for a fourteen week, fourteen or fifteen week scan because they just needed someone of my gestational age to send in for a certification, like for my ultrasound tech to be certified in this mm-hmm. whatever the fuck yeah um and so she was like 80 percent sure it's a girl and i was like waiting on the test and mm-hmm. then the test came back that it was a girl and we were super fucking excited Aww. and it was awesome we've always wanted a girl mm-hmm. i mean we've always wanted a boy we've always wanted a girl like it's just right. like okay we know blah 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 you just want a healthy kid fuck that but also i was so excited to have a yeah. girl like just super excited and I'm actually looking back now. I don't think I haven't talked about this with Derek, but looking back now, I'm so glad that we found out because if we would have waited until delivery, I think that would have just been another layer of hurt. Oh, geez. I didn't even think about that. I've thought about that. And I'm just like, that was a fucking gift that we found uh-huh. out beforehand. Oh, because, yeah. Because I was like, that would really have hurt. Like the excitement, but like, oh, I'm not going to be able to bring my daughter home Mm -hmm. like I have a daughter now but don't get to bring her home so that was one where I'm really thankful we did it the way that we did one of those little um delayed grief nuggets that comes up later on that we should talk about later yay therapy yeah for sure so how did you come up with the name Ellen so her full name is Mary Ellen Josephine Breesacker Um, and Mary Ellen is my paternal grandma's name. Sorry, I almost messed that up. God. I had to stop and think. No, it's Grandma T. So (laughs) Grandma T. You guys know Grandma T. Grandma T. You guys have talked about, I've talked about Grandma T on this podcast before. Mm -hmm. Um, she is a bad, bad bitch Mm -hmm. and she is 90, 
eight years old. She'll be 99 in December. She is the coolest person I've ever met, and I want to be everything that she is as I age. Um, she's perfect, and she's always been someone that I really looked up to and has been really important to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for sure want to name my kid after her. Mm-hmm. And so we did that, and Josephine is after Derek's grandma. She's fine. Um, and she's – Yeah. She, I never met her. She died when you were in like seventh or eighth grade. Thirteen. Were you close with her? Derek says he was close with her. Yeah. So. Um, I want to say something really quick. So earlier when I first started talking about Ellen tonight, I referred to her in past tense. That's fine. And, well, I'm curious, actually. I feel like this is a good opportunity to just like address that and I first of all want you to know that I wasn't trying to diminish her existence I just I'm not sure how you refer to the deceased I switch to I switch depending on how I'm talking about her I do was and is okay I wasn't sure if that was something in the community that no I think some people are really touch I think some Mm -hmm. people are really touchy about it but I think like if I'm talking about her with like our time with her or I'm trying to think I definitely switch between the two. Mm-hmm. I definitely switch between the two. I think if it's like an essence thing I do is. And if it's like a tangible physical thing I do was mm-hmm. that makes, I don't, I don't actually know. Yeah. That's what works for me, man. Yeah. I don't know what works for you guys, but <laughs> and whatever. But it never ever hurts my feelings when people are like was or is like that. that I don't care. Okay, that was more of what I was curious about. Yeah, and maybe no. maybe it does for other people. Yeah, it's just and something to. Pay that's not something to. that I'm sensitive to because mm-hmm. I generally I, I think I just kind of go to the, like people don't know what to say. Like they're not trying to mm-hmm. do anything negative, and it's it's just this is kind of part of it. Everyone's learning along with me because this has not happened to people. So that's really understanding of you. Well, I just hope that people will be like that when I fuck up and say something <laughs> wrong. Like, <laughs> help me out. But yeah. So Ellen, yeah, she's named after my kick-ass grandma and I, it was supposed to be a secret and well, it is, it was a secret. And then we, I, we, sorry, Derek, I pushed her out. <laughs> I gave birth and then we went to go see also this is in the height of COVID. Mm-hmm. So I can't see my sweet, sweet grandmother. Uh, and we went to go tell her the name. Cause they still like, after I gave birth, they still gave her a, like, um, a card that goes inside the bassinet that says the name, weight, height, mm-hmm. all of that. Um, and it said Mary Ellen on it. And I was like, hell yeah, that's how I'm telling my grandma. And so I couldn't even hand it to her cause of COVID. I had to put it on a table and then my 98 year old grandmother had to stand up, go walk to it, pick it up and then sit back down to read it. Um, and she was like super moved and totally blindsided by it and <laughs> love it. But yeah, but she swindled her way in with the front desk staff so we could even sit in the same room. So <laughs> she knows how to work a system. Absolutely. That's where She's I got, got it. dirt on them. For sure. They're not going to fuck with her. She told me what time to come because that's when the lax person was in and she like knows her pretty well and like owes her something. I'm like, (laughs) oh my God. Okay. I'm just going to say yes and continue on and tell me. Yeah. But Mm -hmm. God love her. She's so freaking cool. But yeah. Are you ready to move on to 
May 8th, 2020? Yeah. Okay. Fucking hate May. (laughs) May has not historically been great. No, it hasn't. (laughs) It just really hasn't. But a lot of big happy things have happened in May, but really terrible things have happened in May as well. Yeah. It's a weird mixture of horror and great. <laughs> yeah. That's that joy and that grief, I guess, walking hand Ooh. in hand again. Those yeah. They like to slam, slam me in the same fucking week, <laughs> I guess. So why don't you tell us what you were doing on May 8th? So May 8th, um, so May 8th is actually my older brother's birthday. May 9th is Leo's birthday. May 10th is my birthday. So chew on that. <laughs> but uh, so that's just kind of a preface of this is right around everything's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were also in a pandemic. Mm-hmm. It was May 8th. So two days before my birthday. And what? I'm sorry, what birthday? My 30th birthday. <laughs> Fuck my 30th birthday. <laughs> um, but so we, I figured we weren't doing anything. I was pregnant. Pandemic. We had already canceled like everything for Leo's too for his second birthday. And um, Derek's like, I'm just going to make a really good dinner for your birthday. And so that's what I went in blindly thinking. And then I was told to come out to get my surprise or get a present or what was it? You told me I was going to get a present. I I don't know. So we had Leo's actual birthday present in the yard that my dad made him like a sandbox, but we hadn't filled it yet. It was covered in a tarp, so he didn't see it. Well, I go out there, and Derek's saying that it's in the fucking sandbox. And Do you remember what you said as you tarp. were walking up? I said something like, is, is this it a my, fern? Is it a, yeah, that's what it was. I thought it was. I thought you got me a fern. Is like, it a I fern? Thought I thought you got me a plant. Are you just trying so, to do the gotcha moment again? Is I, it a fern? What is it, Derek? <laughs> yeah, I could not. I had no idea, and so I there's this tarp over, this blue fucking tarp over this sandbox, and I peel it back, and Brooke is laying inside the sandbox, and she's like, oh, fat! And I yelled, and I about peed myself. And she was like a dead body inside this sandbox. Was. Yeah. I was in there a I long no time. I had no idea. I had no idea. Surprise, bitch! Yeah, so she pops out, and then it becomes, like, it, we did this dinner. Best night and ever. this, yeah, it was great. The, the food was awesome. She brought cupcakes, and mm-hmm. it was great. Also, also, so I don't worry. I wrote it down. Oh, I'm sorry. I said awesome food and Brooke wrote me a rap. (laughs) (laughs) She wrote a rap song for my birthday and it was fantastic. And it was just really funny. We had a a really good time with just the three of us. Um, yeah. And it was, it was great. It was like such a low key, perfect birthday Mm -hmm. for a pandemic Mm -hmm. and being 30 and being pregnant, which is the weirdest fucking birthday ever. But, um, yeah. So that's that was the night, um, and so then I left what around like eleven thirty twelve. Yeah, and and I had so I hadn't felt her in a while, and I remember I talked to Derek while you were here. I like I walked in and I was like, she's just not moving very much tonight. Like I just don't know. Like, mm-hmm. huh. and then he asked me like, oh, do you want to go like use the Doppler and see if you can find a heartbeat? And I was like, no, I'm not gonna do that right now. Like. I want the night to be good and like, I don't, I just don't want to worry about it right now. Mm-hmm. But if, you know, later on, if I still don't feel anything, yeah, I will. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what we were. You even laid down while I was still here and I, I'm like having trouble remembering, but 
I, I think I remember sensing that you were a little concerned. I was because when I, when I became concerned was when we ate the cupcakes. That's right. So we got, so Brooke got freaking odd. Were they jellies? Okay. I couldn't remember if it was jellies or um, somewhere else, but so Brooke got jellies cupcakes and I like stuffed my entire face with them. And we tried all different kinds. We had like a ceremonial oh. cupcake tasting, like the three of it us. Was, it was, and we like were like pornographic almost. <laughs> well, and it was like we were like, like editors or critics <laughs> writing down what we liked and disliked about these fucking cupcakes. They were all fantastic. Mm-hmm. So, whatever, shoved my face at them. So that's when it really hit me because when I would eat anything like that, I mean, she would pop off. It was like crazy amounts of sugar, mm-hmm. and that she still did it. And I was like. But I was getting, like, gas bubbles, and I was like, is that gas or is that a baby? Like, I don't really know. Oh, my God. Um, but then when it really hit was when I went to lay – like, after you left, I went to lay down, and she always has a party. She always had a party. Um, see? Switching tenses there. But oh, she like, always yeah, had a party nice. when I laid down um, for about 10 minutes, and then she would fall asleep or, like, chill, and then I could fall asleep. Mm-hmm. And I didn't get that, and I was like, Derek, this is really fucking weird. Like, this is just – I don't like this. I'm just getting this weird feeling. Like, this isn't normal. Like, something is different right now. I tried to get my dapper out, and I swear to God, I, like, basically almost, like, shoved it inside my vagina. Mm-hmm. I was pushing – I was pushing it on my stomach so hard, and I could not find it, could not find it. And I was like, ah, this is the shitty one I had from Leo's. And I was mm-hmm. like, I just still don't really like this because I could always find Leo, but I had mm-hmm. never tried to find her. Um but that's when we had called um, the after hours number for my OB. And uh, again, in the height of COVID, they had to tell me, hold on, let me, I have to talk to a doctor to see if you qualify to come in oh. to be seen. So they took my name and my number, had to go tell all of this to a doctor to see if I qualified to come into the hospital because I wasn't feeling fetal movements. That's Fuck with me. Fucked up, man. Yeah. So um, they finally called me back like half an hour, 45 minutes later after I had made the call and said, yep, come on in, come up to triage, blah, blah, blah. And so then we had to call Derek's mom to come stay with Leo because um, he was sleeping upstairs. It was like 2 in the morning, mm-hmm. like 1 o'clock – what time did we actually leave the house, D? One I think, or two? I think. He, I thought I you like called one. me at like one forty-five. Did you? I. Well, it doesn't. I, I mean, know. doesn't really matter. But uh, we didn't get home till like four, three or four o'clock in the morning, something like that. But um. So, let's see. So we were headed there, and I remember the, on the way there, I was like, "This is not good." Like I'm just calling it now. Like in my head, I did not say any of this to Derek, um, and then we were actually in the middle of switching from our doctor to a midwife so I could do the birthing center Mm -hmm. at Mercy St. Louis. Um, And like the next week was my appointment with the midwife. Um, I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. That was a phone call. So I, yeah. Yeah. Don't worry. I didn't cancel it. They called me to say like, Hey, do you want to reschedule? And I was like, actually, no. And then they felt really bad and they were really nice. But, um, so we, I, like, we were both deciding, like, he was like, do you want to go to Mercy South or Mercy St. Louis? And my doctor no longer delivered at Mercy St. Louis, which is why we 
we're going to deliver at Mercy South, but I didn't want to, which is why we were switching. Um, it's a little confusing. But uh, I said, let's just go to Mercy South. Maybe it won't be anything. And if it is something, I want my doctor to be able to be there. I don't mm-hmm. want a new random person. I was mm-hmm. like, so we'll just go there. And it's also closer to our house. Um, so that was after you left before we got to the hospital. Mm-hmm. And that, do you want me to just keep rolling through? Yeah, yep, okay. you're good. So we got to the hospital. It was the first time I had really been out since COVID hit. And it was bizarre. Like there's tents outside the ER, like COVID tents mm-hmm. and shit. And it's like, I never seen it. was like felt apocalyptic. Yeah. Oh God. It was bizarre. And we had to, and that's, we had to go through the emergency room because that was the only way you could enter the hospital after hours. Mm-hmm. And so we're going through these COVID tents and it was, it was just bananas. It was it was bad, like a horror movie. No, that's exactly what it was. And then they had, you know, you had to have the mask. They had to ask all the questions. And then they're like, why are you here? Like, oh, are you like, you're going to labor and delivery? And I'm like, yeah. Uh, I'm like, not great. Like, right. Like I'm going to get checked out because like we think something might be wrong, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, oh, okay. Okay. And I was like, just fucking point me, mm-hmm. point me and don't talk to me anymore. Right. And no so talking, no small talk. someone brought us up to the, it was at the fourth floor and then they knew I was coming. So they took me to the triage room. Um, and we sit in this room and I'm like, cannot believe that we're here. And Derek, if you want to jump in at any point. Okay. You okay? Okay. But so we're in this triage room and everyone's still super bubbly and happy and whatever. Like, oh, okay, you haven't felt baby in a while. Let's get her on a monitor, blah, blah, blah. So they get one of the monitors that they put on you for delivery, like labor and delivery, like the normal ones that strap around your belly that you've seen, like probably on the movies. And they are like whipping it around, cannot find something. They are trying to push on the top and then the bottom and the side and whatever. And I'm going like, oh, fuck. Like, it was just, that was the moment where I was like, oh, shit. And I'm like, maybe they have shitty equipment. Mm-hmm. I just kept saying, like, in my head, I'm like, maybe they have shitty equipment. It is Mercy South. Yeah, and I was like, mm, it's Mercy South. Like, <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with the hospital. I really like it now. Yeah, uh, yeah we uh, didn't know them. Yeah, but I was like, Mercy St. Louis has all the really good equipment for babies. Um, but so, and it was a new nurse that had started, and then a very seasoned nurse took over and was like, here, let me, let me help. I can probably find it. And which made me feel better. And then she couldn't find it. And I looked at her and I was like, does this happen? Like, I remember asking her, like, does this happen? Um, and she was like, very, I remember she was very taken aback by my question. Like she didn't know how to lie to me basically is really what it felt like, especially after knowing what happened. And, uh, she was like, no, it can happen. Baby can still, like, you're still 28 weeks. Baby can still tuck up under something. I'm like, under what? Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like a whale right now. Like, I know. I've done this. I've also done this before. I have a son, you know. And so she's like, you know, these darn things. And she's trying to be really yeah. sweet and helpful. And I'm just going, fuck. Fuck. Like, this is really bad. And I'm, like, looking at Derek and, like, because he's down by my feet um, and he's pretty far away from me and like, they're all up by my head and all the machines are by my head and stuff like that. And I'm laying on this bed 
And I'm like looking at him going like, can you see something that I can't see? Like, like, you know, trying to figure out, like look at his face and try to get his read of it without actually saying anything to each other. And then, um, they're like, we're just going to get an ultrasound in here and we'll double check. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, wonderful. Um, so this doctor comes in, I've never met him. Uh, he wheels it in, doesn't really say much to us and starts the ultrasound. Everyone is silent this entire time. And I'm like looking at his face, like looking at the doctor's face and like, like just like fucking whip that screen around and Mm -hmm. show me the heartbeat. Like just, just, just fucking show me it. And he silent, 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 silent. And it felt like forever. Did it not D like, and I'm looking at Derek cause Derek's on the other end of the screen, like where you can kind of see it. He's not a doctor, but I'm like still wanting something mm-hmm. from like someone, like someone fucking give me a facial expression. So you, I can get a little bit of a warning that mm-hmm. there's no heartbeat, like that it's bad. So before you say those words, so you're not at this point, you're not reading anything from them. No. And I'm also like, panic looking around so I'm not nothing's actually like registering registering at all and so um he just was like I'm sorry guys there's no heartbeat there's nothing and then so I start crying Derek starts crying I'm pretty sure I don't even I didn't even look at you I don't think I think I kind of looked at you um but then I remember just intently like this is like the most vivid memory that I have is like my head looking, cause I'm laying on a table, I'm looking straight up and I'm like just dissociating from these, like focusing on these ceiling tiles and like the side of this like light, this fluorescent light just to fucking dissociate from this moment. And he just keeps like, he, I don't think he, I don't even know if he kept talking or whatever, but he just kept kind of looking. He was still using the ultrasound and I was just like, Oh my God. And at this point, there's like four or five nurses in this room with us. And it felt very much like a spectator thing. Like they all found out that they couldn't find him on the, like couldn't find Ellen on the monitor. And then more nurses came in to watch the ultrasound. And it's like, there's no fucking reason that more nurses should be in there. Mm -hmm. And so that's one thing that really stuck out to me. Mm -hmm. And then he said no heartbeat. And then you heard this like, like this like gas type of like, I, I remember I, I heard that and like this, like, Oh my God. And then you kind of, and then they just left and it's like, wow, this is my fucking life. Like, this is my fucking life. Did you think that you needed to be in here to help me for something or like, why were you actually there? Mm-hmm. So that's one thing that pissed me off a little bit. And I think it's just me taking my frustration out on these. Poor I don't nurses. think that is true. I, I think, yeah. I don't think that's you taking your, you don't need to diminish that reaction at all I I think that that was a little inappropriate yeah it was very and they didn't say anything and they just left and it was like I felt like I was in like one of those like ER dramas Mm -hmm. and that's what they were looking at and it was the scene was over there's nothing more then it gets to the uncomfortable part where they have to say something to me and so they left and it's Mm -hmm. like fuck you um didn't like how the doctor did things and then at one point he like, this is one thing that really bothers, still bothers me. After telling me there's no heartbeat, still looking around, checking things. Like, I don't even fucking know what he was doing. He like took the, the ultrasound probe 
and like jiggled my belly with it, like poking my belly, like to like what see if I don't fucking know what was the point of that, like the movement or if I was having a contract. I have no fucking clue, but I was like, okay, like that. This is my body. Like this is my this is my body. It it just was. It felt super unprofessional. Like like he was just trying to like jiggle to see like the movement. I don't fucking uh-huh. know what he was doing. Uh-huh. Like to see maybe if she would move. Yeah. Or, or like, like like prodding to see if that there was any reaction or something like it was weird and it that was, is bizarre it was very sucky it was very you sucky. never told me that I, I didn't know that part that was a hard it, it's weird. like it's weird being able to i'm sorry i'm cutting you off no like you're fine stream, but just like i feel like i'm having some sort of reaction to this right now but it's weird hearing you say some of these things because I didn't even know, I didn't even know about the what you saw. I remember there being more nurses than I thought there needed to be there, but yeah. I didn't remember anything other than that. I was just I just remember glued on that screen and you. Everyone was just staring at me, and, and I was so uncomfortable. But sorry, go ahead. No, you're fine. And then the the thing with the doctor, you've never told me that before either. Yeah, that's a really hard. That was a really hard one mm-hmm. for me to even speak into existence for a long time. And that's another thing. So this is something that I talk about a lot more than Derek has. Um, so that's maybe why you think like, it sounds like I'm way more comfortable with this story. Cause I've told this story before because it's my story, you know, and it's something that I'm comfortable telling close friends and stuff like that. And I want to tell it. Um, and Derek, it, I mean, if part of it is, you know, he, his friendships are like a lot of them are male friendships and it just wasn't something that he was comfortable talking about or, didn't want to talk about and that's absolutely fine it's just we again grieved very differently and mine was telling my story so Mm -hmm. this is not the first or last time that I will tell this story Mm -hmm. so this is probably why it sounds I just like it makes me self-conscious that I sound robotic I I think also part of that is having to survive the storytelling yeah I think that there has to be some degree of compartmentalization that happens there. Yeah. Because if you, if you didn't and you merged that, then you probably wouldn't get through the story. Yeah. And that's all I can think of. Mm -hmm. So, but yeah, so that's, that's kind of what brings us to this. And there's so many pieces of that as, as I've pulled it back of like what I was feeling in the moment. And I remember a big one and Derek and I've talked about this as I like felt like after everything had settled, there's no heartbeat, blah, blah, blah and figuring out what we were doing or what happens. And I just remember I had this intense wash over me that I like, like my body failed for not only myself, my daughter, but also my husband. Mm. And it was like really, really hard. Like that this has happened and I can no longer bring this child into the world for us and for him and, you know, this is his kid too. And it just, that was a whole nother layer of it, but which I have gotten over. And that's something that we've talked about and stuff like that. Um, but so after the doctor told us all this stuff, I just started like panicking, like, what the fuck do I have to stay here? Mm-hmm. Like it's my son's birthday. Also it's at that point it was Leo's birthday. And I was mm-hmm. like, it's my son's second birthday. We were supposed to have like a very small like get together, like just like, basically our parents outside, yeah. outside um, and everything, and that was all fucking toast. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought that they were gonna like I, I didn't know anything about stillbirth right. at this point. I knew nothing, um, 
And I said, do I have to stay here? Do I have to deliver right now? Is this like an urgent thing? Can I stay pregnant-ish? Like whatever Mm -hmm. pregnant amount I am. Did you ask these things to the doctor? Yeah. And I said, can I like, I I think I asked him like, can I walk around like this? Like, is this Mm -hmm. healthy? Um, does my body like reject, you know, Mm -hmm. Ellen at some point, which is fucking terrible to think about. And I was like, also she's not living anymore. Like how does this affect my health and my, the, like the delivery and like all of it. I'm like, I have no knowledge of this. And he was like, yeah, we could start you right now, blah, 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 do whatever. And I was like, okay, my doctor is, is Dr. Snap, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, oh, she's on vacation until Monday. And oh I was my like, God. kill me. So it was, <laughs> it was, God uh, damn. it was Friday night into Saturday morning at this time when we found all this out. Um, and my doctor, I wasn't going to be able to talk to my doctor until 8 a.m. on Monday when the office opened. And they were like, tell her that you had a stillbirth, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, what do I do until then? Like, mm-hmm. what do I fucking do until then? Like, what? Um, and so we decided we didn't want to do anything that night um, because we felt comfortable going home. And, like, I just kept going, like, am I – like, is this going to be really unhealthy? Mm-hmm. That's what worried me the most. Um, and – they reassured me, no, but if these things happen, come back in, blah, blah, blah. Um, so we went back home. Oh, there was more stuff in there, but like we had a really sweet nurse who was a brand new baby nurse. It was like her second week there, and I just lit a bomb on her life. But she was she was really sweet, and she like gave us hugs because it's also, I just keep saying this, but like it's the height of COVID where no one wants to touch you. And you have to keep your mask on and it's like very impersonal and like Mm -hmm. she just went over the top and Mm -hmm. like made us feel comfortable and you know, there's more stuff that happened there, but nothing that's super I like I like I like when you add things. No, go ahead. Here. Well no, I want you to be able to talk about it too. Uh oh, he's coming close to you, Rachel. Are you are you getting upset? (laughs) (laughs) Well no, I just wanted to talk about the only things that I remember from then until you, so you're, you're, you're saying we are going home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, what happened before that? And one of the things that I don't even know if I've talked to you about this, that's ingrained in my memory is you calling Brooke and you calling your mother. Oh yeah. That's, I was going to bring those two up, but. Oh, I mean, that's, it's, well, I know, but I know you were I, saying going home, yeah. but we did you, that before. Why don't we you say home. what your experience yeah. was like from that? Well, I know, but I didn't know if you wanted to no, tell it ahead. first. Well, I just, it's, I still hear the sound your mother made on the phone. Yeah. Every day. That sucked. I, I can't even describe it. All I said, I just remember, I think I opened it the same way with Brooke too, but I like called them. It's like two in the morning and I called them and I was just like, I, I didn't have anything else to say other than like we lost her. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's the first thing that I said and like my crying and like, in shock and different layers of this. And I'm just like, I can't believe I'm having to make this fucking phone call right now. And I I just really didn't think it was going to turn out like this, even though I had this inkling that something was wrong. Mm -hmm. I didn't think it was this wrong. Um, and so having to tell both of them and I really didn't want to tell my mom, I just really didn't want to, but I fucking had to like, obviously. Mm -hmm. And I called Brooke and I also, another piece like a little glimmer in this, I found one of Leo's cars in my pocket 
of the jacket that I wore to. Do you remember this? You remember this? You never told me this. It fell out onto the floor. It was one of his little mini. Um, Derek, I wasn't even there. Derek says, "No, nope, it wasn't me. It was that boy that comes by while you're in the shower. He was an apparition." I don't remember this. Uh, so one of Leo's little cars, um, I had it in my pocket because I have a car in probably every pocket of anything that I own. Um, Poop car. <laughs> yeah, he loves his Hot Wheels, man. But it was like a mini um, uh, car from the movie Cars, like one of the characters from the movie Cars. And it fell out of my pocket, and they're like, oh, there's a little car here. And I'm like, oh, shit, that's mine. Like, sorry, this is fucking embarrassing, but get that back to me. And my son loves it. Like, <laughs> And so I just remember playing with it in my pocket, and it was super helpful. Like, Aww. it was like a kind of a fidget thing. I was, like, spinning the wheels a little bit or, like, just moving it throughout my fingers. And I, like, was so happy that I had a fucking car, mm-hmm. that I had that car. And I was, like, really – like, it was a piece of Leo that was there, too, mm-hmm. and it was, like, really comforting. Yeah. So that was some weird – helpful thing because I'm also a tangible bitch and I sensory hoe I like stuff and I like things that that tie emotion mm-hmm. um and that's one thing that was comforting because it was something of Leo's like it'd be like bringing his blanket with me or something mm-hmm. like that but yeah that was one I really liked having the car yeah so driving home um I'll I mean I'll mention I remember the call I like didn't really sleep at all I was super stressed out Nick was obviously asleep when I got home as is per my life yeah Um, (laughs) and I woke him up whenever I I'm trying to think oh I remember so you texted me that you were going to labor and delivery but I thought that you were texting me to ask if I got home okay because I didn't text you when I got home because I was on TikTok and I was like, swipe, and I just, like, ignored it. But then I was like, oh, I'll finish this TikTok, and then I'll go back. But then it was 15 minutes, and I was like, oh, shit, Rachel texted me. She probably, like, thinks that something happened to me. Yeah. And I saw the text, and my, like, my stomach just, like, went down to my butt. And I went upstairs, and I woke Nick up, and I, I told Nick, and I was like, you know, Rachel and Derek are going up to labor and delivery. And he was probably like, who's this smoking cigarettes in the backyard? <laughs> and then I finally got him awake. And which is a feat in itself. And He's a zombie. He is. It's it's scary. Yeah. Um. But then he was wide awake and he was like, "Is everything okay?" And I'm like, "No, it's not. Like this is not okay." And yeah. so then he fell back asleep and I had like my phone right by me and I was like in and out of sleep. You know those ones where you like jolt yeah. yourself awake. I'm I was like, oh shit, I fell asleep. Yeah, I was like so that. scared I was gonna miss your phone call. But I was also hoping that you didn't call me because I didn't think that you would call me if it was good news. Yeah. I was like, she'll just, I, I already had it in my head. I was like, I'll wake up to a text that yeah. says, hey, didn't want to wake you up. Everything's fine. Yeah. And then when I woke up to your phone, I I knew. Yeah. I knew that it wasn't good. Yeah. And I just like, I, di- I didn't even know what to say in those phone calls. Like, it, it, I, like I remember the phone ringing me like, what am I actually, like, what, are, what words are going to come out of my mouth? What sentence am I going to form? Like, do I do a soft blow? Do I just blurt it out? Do I, like, I don't even know what to fucking say because this mm-hmm. is fake. Mm-hmm. This is fake that this is happening. And so it just was like, we lost her. Like, I, that's all I could get out. Yep. That's it. Yeah. And then and we was just a cried. fucking mess. Yeah. It was awful. Yeah, it was one of the worst moments of my life because then that made it real for me too that I had to tell other people, people about it. Mm-hmm. I had to tell people about it and they were involved now too. Mm-hmm. 
and it's not something I could just deal with on my own and just move forward. It wasn't that type of thing. Which is, I think, how you typically like to deal with love things. Love to do that. Love that must have been people not to know things. Yeah, I didn't even... I mean, obviously, when you think about huge tragedies like that, it's hard that people know and kind of it feels very vulnerable. But yeah. I think specifically for you, you are someone that often doesn't even really acknowledge that you had a bad time until like later on. Yeah. So that the fact that you were sort of forced to, to really like experience that, that must've been really hard. And I don't, I don't even remember the drive home. Do you remember anything about the drive home? Do you, I don't remember a goddamn thing. Mm -hmm. I remember when you got home and you couldn't even get out of the car. That's what I, I just remember the only thing I remember from the car ride home is me being like, okay, so my mother-in-law is sleeping on my couch right now because she's sitting with Leo. Like Mm -hmm. Leo didn't wake up obviously, but we made like a little bed for her on the couch. She came right over. God love her. Um, and I sat there in the car and I said, Derek, I can't, I cannot go in there. I can't do it. I can't tell another person right now. I can't deal with another person's emotions. I don't even want to look her in the eye. Mm -hmm. I don't want to look anyone in the eye. I just want to get into my fucking house Mm -hmm. and go to sleep. Mm -hmm. And that's the only thing that I can think of to continue on living. Like it, it really was, it was so bad. Um, and so I said, can you just go in there, tell her what happened and pop your head out or open the door when you have, you're done and I will come in, give her a hug and then I will go to bed. And so that's what he did. Um, and it was terrible and it was just the weirdest thing coming home to my house and just like coming back to your comfy, normal place and trying to get back into your night routine of just going back to bed. How do you just go lay down and go to bed? Uh, I mean, I think that we talked for a, a minute. I, I don't know if you were going to get to this, but we went up and held Leo. Oh, I don't remember that. That's cool. But we both said that when we were, that's one of the things we said we before. We did. I remember we that. We both went upstairs and we both held him for a little bit and rocked with him each for like I, 15, 20 okay. minutes. I remember that now. Okay. I do. I remember that now. Wow. Because I just, I think that my brain was just get to the, the time where it shuts off, like get to the mm-hmm. time where it shuts off because that is definitely something that has been a coping skill for me is like just sleeping. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, but I do remember that now cause it was like super sad cause I was still pregnant and I still had to hold him over like my bump and I was in the chair and he was so perfect. And I remember being like, I'm never going to do this with her. Mm. And yeah, I just, okay. Well, yeah, that's one of my most vivid memories from well, the night. What happened to my brain? It's okay. That's I didn't remember happened the other to my brain. things that you were talking remember, about. Remember what Jen said? I think this is a appropriate time to, to say that. What happened to your brain? What did happen to my brain? Tell us, Rachel. My brain went through trauma. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that, so I talked to my therapist about this today, which again, she'll come up later. <laughs> Uh, she, I talked about that I had forgotten something that happened, um, like a couple, like a week to two weeks after giving birth. And I was like, I hate that I for, I completely forgot that memory. And she was talking about how, you know, it could be trauma and that's a big thing of, you know, affecting your brain and, and 
all of that, but it also could just be time. It's normal mm-hmm. time and healing and space in between you and the traumatic memory that mm-hmm. that is what happens mm-hmm. to your brain and also your brain's doing what it's supposed to do. Yeah. Which is fucked. <laughs> because I want to remember everything like right. a hoarder. Um <laughs> but I also am pregnant. She reminded me that I am pregnant and have a cocktail of hormones just be bopping up there. Mm-hmm. Never felt dumber. <laughs> Never felt dumber. Um, but so that, that's one thing. And so that's, I I don't even, did we say this earlier that, um, this is like my voice journal. We, I said that. Yeah. I said that. Yeah. I think you did. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. My brain. That's a a big reason personally why you're doing this because this is, I mean, that's what the podcast was. Yes, it was. And is. And it just so happened that other people. Terrible things happen. Yeah. Other people, well, other people liked it. And so this is in the same yeah. In the same way. Yeah. To remember. Yeah. So getting back. Do you want to talk about uh, the weekend? Is there anything that you wanted to, well, because also, so you mentioned that it was your brother's birthday, Leo's birthday, your birthday, but you also left out. It was goddamn Mother's Day. <laughs> so the, that Saturday was Leo's birthday. And I'll kind of skim over that. It was terrible. Mm-hmm. It was really hard. We had to call, like, our parents obviously knew what happened. We had to cancel, like, the small thing that we had for his birthday. I didn't make him, I, I didn't even make him a fucking cake. He didn't blow out candles for his birthday. He didn't do a goddamn thing. We He opened presents and it was sad. <laughs> like, and then we took him to a park and we tried to act like things were normal. And it just, they just weren't. Mm-hmm. And, sorry, I'm, like, looking away to look at Derek. They just weren't. They weren't normal. Um... It sucked. It was really sad. And we just had this, like, or at least I felt that I had this, like, looming thing over. Like, I, because. It's not over. What I found, like, what I I realized when I was in triage is, like, holy shit, I have to give birth. I still have to give fucking birth. They're not going to cut this baby out of me. I'm going to give birth, like, a fucking, like, totally normal. But my baby's going to not be alive. So fuck me. Mm-hmm. And so um, that just loomed over me the whole weekend. I mean, isn't it? I, I feel like I'm just like repeating what you said, but the fact that going to the hospital that night and finding out that your baby had died was not, it, it wasn't over. No. And that's the thing is it's like I got information that she had died and then it was like, Okay, and here's step two through seven Mm -hmm. that's going to happen. And then there's going to be even more that no one tells you about. Right. So, yeah, that Mm -hmm. was a – and that was all that consumed my day on Saturday. But it was still my son's second birthday, and I love birthdays. I love – especially Leo's. I like to do it up, man. Mm -hmm. And I want him to feel so happy because it was, like, the happiest day of my life is, you know, having him – so his birthday was shit. Um, <laughs> sorry, Leo. Uh, it was just really sad. It was just a really sad day, and I hated it, and I didn't want to be awake for any of it. I did not want to be awake. I did not want to be doing anything. I put one foot in front of the other because I had a toddler, and it was his birthday. Like, mm-hmm. that's really it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was kind of that day. I don't remember anything that happened that night after he went to bed. 
I think we both had just fucking checked out. Yeah. I remember taking a very long shower, which is helpful for me. Okay. I'm ready for Sunday though, because one of the most, one of, I just like, one of the things that stood out to me the most was what you had to deal with on Sunday. Yep. So, so you already mentioned it was your birthday and it was mother's day, which meant in one day. Uh Um, so that meant that people texted me all day wishing me a happy birthday and mother's day and how great of a mom I am and ready for the next little one and blah, 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 blah. And, um, so I had to do all of that and most people I fucking ignored and some people that I liked, I created a, um, mass text type of thing, a copy and paste boy. And pasted that sad shit and sent it. Mm-hmm. Just a blanket statement mm-hmm. that was like three or four sentences because I, it was people that I didn't feel like if I didn't say anything to them, like I would normally have said something mm-hmm. to them, whatever. But um, that was uh, how my day went and people just kept bombarding me with happy birthday, happy Mother's Day, love you. And mm-hmm. I was like, hate Hope you this have day. The best day. And I, um, like it was still the looming, we don't know what's happening to us. Mm-hmm. I have to wait until Monday at 8 a.m. to get more information. Mm-hmm. And um, we, I'm trying to think, just hold on. I, I have, I just remember getting this huge feeling of like, I have never wanted two celebrations to go away more than I did those two. Mm -hmm. Like, I just remember being like, I, if I could never have a birthday for the rest of my fucking life to give up this day or never, I wish mother's day wasn't a fucking thing. I remember saying that a bunch. I was like, I wish mother's day wasn't a fucking thing because then I wouldn't have to deal with this right now. I don't want, this is like, how does this happen to me Mm -hmm. to where this fucking happens on mother's day slash my birthday slash my son's birthday? Like, are you Mm -hmm. fucking kidding me? And it was just unreal. And um, now I hate those days. And I am not excited for my birthday, which is fine. Like, I'm like, uh, like I'm okay with it. I will, I think I'll get there eventually. This year, not cool. Mm -hmm. Trying to avoid it. Um, And Mother's Day, it's just, it's always going to be hard now. Like, Mm -hmm. it just is. And I think that with time, I will figure that out. But, I don't know. I'm still fucked up, guys. Right. I'm still fucked up. Right. Bottom line. I might sound pretty normal right now. I'm still fucked right. up. Too long, didn't read. Rachel's still fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> that just, just get that from the fucking mm-hmm. end of it. Um, but yeah, like 90% of people didn't know that all of this was happening. Um, I had Brooke put out feelers on people where I was just like, I don't want to talk to people. Just fucking fix it. <laughs> like, right. It's like, Brooke, Brooke, help. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, Yeah. Yeah. So let's go into Monday then. Yeah. So you called Dr. Oh, Schnapp. Oh. No, so. Oh, wait, sorry. Derek said he had something. The yeah, co- before but... you get in the call, Dr. Schnapp, I was just going to say that. Oh, you can talk into the mic, Ben. Is, is it okay that I talk? You're giving me like yeah. a look. That no, I am waiting to hear it. My I... show. It's my show. My show. <laughs> um, no, but I, I was just going to say that the two memories that I have the m- most of are playing you went out, you said you like wanted to go to, I can't remember, you went to Target or something yep. like that. That, that right. checks out. That and, checks out. Well, you'll understand why I'm getting to that. But I was sitting up in the backyard 
with Leo at his rock box that Kevin came over and filled that day or whatever. I think it was Saturday this all happened. And you went to Target and came back and you were mad at me because I was, I, I can't remember what we were arguing about, but <laughs> I was distant. I, we obviously just had our world shaken, but and that's, you brought her blanket. Yeah. You bought, you bought her a blanket. I have that in, in here I'm a sorry. little bit. No, no, no. Like, I know, I know. I, I'm, I'm jumping the gun on some of this stuff. Yeah. But then the only other memory that's still scarred in my brain, well, it's weird, like, the first half of this, I, I really dread the Friday night, Saturday stuff. Yeah. But then, like, talking about her in that day, like, when she was born, at least I got to see yeah. her and all. It, like, it for some reason, That's it's more bi- it's more day. bittersweet than yeah. just pure agony, which mm-hmm. was the Friday night. Yeah. Finding yep. out everything. That was just all just terribleness. But at least, like, getting to see her born and, like, it was, like. Getting to meet her. It was, yeah, meeting her. It was at least some sort of goodbye and et cetera. Mm-hmm. But I just remember, and I think I texted, I think I texted Brooke something too, and I can't remember what it was, but I like took Leo for a walk and you were, you wanted to lay down for a while. And I just remember you crying and we've been together 13 years and been married going to be six years now yeah. this year. And I've never heard you cry like that before. Yeah. I, I still remember what you said and you just. You just kept saying this is the worst day of my life. Yeah. This is the worst day of my life. And I I still hear exactly how you say it. Yeah. In my head. It was it was fucked. And it's yeah. Because I, I, I also remember making noises that I've never made in my life. Yeah. And uh that just it just gets me. Yeah. Yeah. Um it's hard hearing stuff from Derek's side of it because not that we don't talk about it, but like, I think we talk about more of the big picture stuff or we have talked about that. We haven't gone through moment to moment. What was this like for you? We've done it for some things, but not like, this is what you remember. This is what I remember. And I think it's actually really nice to hear those things. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know. I don't know what that means. Well, just like I was saying earlier, it's nice to hear like, just things that you pick, like having the, like I vaguely remember you having one of his cars, but I, I get, it sounds vaguely familiar, but I don't remember, you never told me you used it like, and like use it as like a fidget spinner. Yeah. As like a coping thing. And I just, like, to me that like weirdly made me happy. No, it did. That's why I'm so I, glad I, I had that I, fucking car. I know. I know. It's just. Because it's also it, Leo's. But the only other time I've told some semblance of the story was to my therapist. That's and that was two months that's ago. That's crazy to me. I know. And I don't want to like minimize like that. That's how you worked with this. And I worked differently. And that Mm -hmm. is how men and women do things differently. Or even, you know, any partners do things differently, like whoever you're with. But yeah, it's just, I can't remember what I was going to say. One of, can I say something real quick? When Derek said that, um, I don't know that I plan to say this, but one of the things that really stood out to me, and I, I, I don't remember what day it was, but Rachel said was had said over and over, I can't believe this is my life. Yeah. And I still remember it, and I remember how she sounded and what she looked like, and it, like, fucked me up. Like, it yeah. was fucked. Because you, I mean, first of all, just to see the person that you love most in the world, fuck off, Nick. <laughs> 
in so much pain is like I I I mean yeah. you know Derek you know like and, and and you saw him in pain so mm-hmm. like seeing you like that especially someone who tends to be pretty stoic I would yeah. say like you you're more of a stoic person oh, yeah. you don't really show that emotion on the outside it was I I can't I don't even know what word I would use to describe it but it was just like sickening yeah because it was also very crazy for me to express those Mm -hmm. in front of people and being like I was like there's nothing I can do to stop this yeah there was nothing I could do to like because I've been conditioned to kind of be stoked I think and that's Mm -hmm. kind of that's something I'm also working on but Mm -hmm. like having that like raw like it was just like a demon came over me and these that's that's what comes out like it's just like this word vomit of like this is raw and real and vulnerable and whatever and it was like these noises that came out of me it just came from just a place of pain Mm -hmm. it just was pure pain that was seeping through my body Mm -hmm. that's the only way I can put it and it's like really hard to even talk about with that but it's just it that's really what happened like that's Mm -hmm. what it was I made noises that I never have made in my whole life when everything was happening and afterward, like I had bouts of, of shit come up, but, um, yeah, it's, it's real and it's, no one can prepare you for it. You can have all the information in the world and I just, just unloaded Mm -hmm. and it was the worst day of my life and I can't, I still, I haven't said that in a long time, which I think is probably a sign that maybe I'm healing, but, uh, I would say that a lot in therapy. I was like, I just can't believe this is my fucking life. Mm -hmm. Like, I can't believe this happened to us. Like I can't believe. And I remember also thinking a lot where I was like, I'm so glad Leo survived. That Mm -hmm. was a big one for me that I was just kept saying like, I'm so glad that Leo survived and I don't feel that as much anymore. Like I don't Mm -hmm. feel like not that I don't feel like life is so precious, but I just was like, how the fuck did he make it? I really was Mm -hmm. in this mindset of like, how the fuck did I actually have a kid before this? Mm -hmm. Because it's so fragile and so, so many bad things can happen. And I was, I'm just so lucky that I have a healthy two year old running around. Mm -hmm. And that was a big thing for me where I was just like grasping onto him going, Oh my God, I'm so glad that I have you here. So we are actually going to make this our stopping point for this episode. The second and final part of this story will continue and we'll finish in the next episode. Thanks for listening, guys. 